let's descend the podcast into a bit of chaos. More chaos. More chaos. That electric moment when a ball hits the back of the net. Unbelievable game. Two great teams going at it. Compared to the other three beside him, he just looks like the new cafe or something. We are making a documentary about how shit our club is. <laughs> VR is bullshit. Who is the biggest cheater in football tonight? Good evening, uh, welcome to the Football Babble, um, 15th of November, we are, was it four, uh, four or five days out from World Cup starting, which is just mad November, but here we are, uh, myself, Phil, Brent and Patrick and Steve are on the podcast tonight, Johnny sends his apologies, he can't make it, but I'm sure he'll be back next week um, to give us on, on his views on all things football and, and probably life, knowing him, but yeah, we're going to talk about the World Cup, we're going to talk about uh, mid-season, a bit of a mid-season review and a few different things, but they get us in the mood and they kickstart us off for the World Cup. Um, Patrick has a game for us to play that none of us know anything about, uh, myself, Brenton and Steve, but he's going to pitch this game to us and you're going to hear it. So let's go, Paddy. What, what is the game you want to kick off this podcast? Okay, well, I really hope this uh, game works, but um, essentially <laughs> it's, it's called the World Cup Squad Game, and I have a particular World Cup squad in front of me, from a particular World Cup. So I have numbers 1 to 23 of the players. You can take it in turn to name a number. I can tell you what club that player played for at the time. And uh, it's all about guessing who the who the actual team is, the international team, if you understand. Can you give us the yeah. year, the World Cup year? Yes, I'll give you the World Cup year. So, for example, um, you know... 32. We'll, we'll, <laughs> you know... <laughs> Yeah, you just pick a number, I'll give you the thing. And then you, you can either have a guess, but if yeah. you have a guess and you're wrong, you're out. So you might want to hold your hold your power. I'm at 1932, you know. by the way, as your year you're going to give us. Oh, right. No, I'm not that cruel. I'm not that cruel. Uh, right, um, go on. We'll see how this works. Anyway, so the World Cup is the 2010 World Cup. South African right. 2010 World Cup. So... Brandon is first on my little screen here, so he can name a number one to twenty-three, and I'll give him the um, <laughs> who that player played for at the time of the World Cup. Um, what's an easy number? Uh, I'll go nine. Number nine played for Feyenoord at the time of the twenty ten World Cup. Shit. So, Steve, you're Nick, or unless you want to have a guess, uh, Brandon, or... Oh, you don't have to guess? You don't have to guess, because if you guess and you're wrong, you're out. Right, okay. So you um, might want to keep your powder dry till your next go. Can I try a guess for that? Well, you still have it. You can get. You can still guess a number. Okay. Steve, one. you're next making, on the list. I'm making one. notes in the chat, by the way, lad. Number one played for Stoke City at the time of the, the tournament. So... You're okay, welcome to have I, a guess, Steve. Yep. Yeah, Denmark. Correct. <laughs> yes. yes. Jesus. Who who were the players? Do you know? Uh, Thomason and Sorensen. Absolutely correct. <laughs> Fucking superb. What an I awful game. I did not understand the game, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> what an awful game, but what a great answer. <laughs> right, okay. We're, yeah, we're guessing the team. I wouldn't have got it anyway, by the way, but um, I thought we had to guess players. 
It was oh. it was Feyenoord. I don't know if there's anyone else from Feyenoord at that World Cup. Maybe was anyone a Dutch team from Feyenoord at that stage? No, I was trying to think Dutch. And then when and he said Bronkers, Stoke, maybe? I was like, no. Yeah, that's why I mm. thought that might throw you that there was a Stoke City, uh, Stoke City player. Um, so no, I was confident enough. Awesome. I was confident enough to guess it after the nine and Feyenoord. So, but I was delighted that it was confirmed with the Stoke. So that's superb. that's superb. Superb yeah. quizzing. Anyway, there we go. Thanks, guys. Now that we know the game, we're going to be playing some other time. Yeah, I didn't even get a chance to fucking answer a question. Um, <laughs> yes, so the World Cup, it kicks off on Sunday. Qatar against Ecuador uh, is the first game. So how are how you all feeling then towards it? Uh, Stephen, if you don't mind, I'll go with you first. <laughs> How are you feeling towards it coming up? Because I have I have an opinion I'm going to talk about tonight. Brett already knows this because chatting him privately about it, but what is your thoughts on it still? I'm still I'm still feeling the way I've kind of felt the whole time, that it's wrong. It like it, We should be building up for Christmas and the Stephen's Day fixtures and the FA Cup third round and all of those things rather than a World Cup, it just feels weird. And do you know what the thing that I, I started thinking about today is because my eight-year-old has started talking about it because they're obviously talking about it in school and stuff like that. And he's really interested and he's shown no interest in in football really to date other than going to the odd Shamrock Rovers game or whatever. But like, he sounds like he's interested in what the World Cup is. And it's like, he sounds like he wants to watch it. And I've already said that I don't particularly want to watch it. Yeah, But like... It's is it is it unfair to like rob him of that chance to watch it or whatever you know over the next few weeks because maybe it'll spark a love of football and he'll get really into it and things like that. So I'm con- I'm I'm conflicted is where I am. Um, I think some of the stuff coming out this week has been just wild. Like some, the the video of some of the facilities the fans are going to have to put up with the news that we're hearing about. Like you know you know basically. You can drink alcohol, but it has to be completely hidden. Um, and then Gianni Infantino coming out and say we could solve world peace with the World Cup if we just paused it for four. If we could just solve pause all wars for four weeks, so it's all a bit mad. But the, the main thing is, like, there's I've read and seen so little football build up to it. That's been the strangest thing because normally, you know yourself, you devour your supplements and you get your World Cup preview magazines. You might even buy a sticker album, like. There's been none of that. And I don't think it's just me. I think that's a lot of people. Yeah, I I, I get it too. Like, um, I, this weekend, I think as well, and, and the start of this week, there have been some of the broadcasting on it, some of the writing, some of the podcasts have been absolutely unreal. But it's been focused more on the issues around the World Cup rather than the actual build-up to the football. Um, which you were talking about there, and I think actually, obviously with with your wee man wanting to watch it, um, that's tough for you if you don't want to watch yeah. that with him. Because I tell you, like, if my dad was still here, God rest him, like I'd be watching the World Cup. And and dad, dad was the same as me. He didn't like it. He he did not want it to be in Qatar, um, for all the right reasons. He he was so he was very very much against it. Um, but he would have watched it because. For him, it was the World Cup, and, and like he's like, no, I'm, I'm still going to watch the World Cup, and I'd have watched it with him because it, it, you know, uh, that's my first, that's my first football memory, 
is a World Cup. Um, so definitely wouldn't have missed it. And then <laughs> a couple of weeks back, obviously, we spoke about it on here. And then um, I wrote a wee thing on it. And there was obviously stuff coming out about that moron journalist um, and the comments he made towards um, LGBTQ community. And there's there's been more coming out since that. Like, and, and I'm so, so, so conflicted on it. But then I speak to family members and friends that are from the LGBTQ community and and they're mixed as well. Some of them not watching it, like no, nah, no, no interest, not until the next one. Others are all like, Yeah, I'm still gonna watch it, like, but um really strongly against everything going on. Then you hear broadcasters as well, like Alex, I can't remember his second name on the Athletic Today. He was brilliant on it. Uh talking about it and and Laura as well it was on it. She's gonna have to cover it, but she's gonna she's happy enough to go out and cover it obviously and follow some of the traditions out there, you know. Uh, regards clothing wise but then the fact that she's as a female she's going to be a second class citizen that's killing her but she, she feels it right a need to go out and cover it Barney Roney as well in The Guardian he feels a need to go out and cover it uh, for free press but he's really strongly against it it's <clears> such a weird weird it shouldn't be the way you're building up to a World Cup like it really shouldn't this is the pinnacle of sport we all love Um, but I just don't know where I'm at like I I've, I'm, I'm not going to be able to avoid it put it that way but um, I can see myself watching some of it, and I just hope as well that, and we'll, I'm sure you'll have opinion on this that all the the lead up to it now and a lot of the coverage that's been covered, and I think Jurgen Klopp was wrong when he said about journalists aren't speaking out about it. A lot of them have over the last couple of years done quite a lot of good work on it. Um, so I think for once I'll disagree with Jurgen there, but I, I, that has to keep going after this so that this doesn't happen again. Uh, it, it's football, so you know how dirty it is. It, it probably will, but it 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 has to be a stop. That you know there has to be certain regulations stuff and put in place. But it's so weird. Like I I am like excited that there's going to be a World Cup on, but then not excited. It's really 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 conflicted. Don't know where my head's at. Malky Clerken's piece in the Times wrecked it for me on Saturday when I read it because it felt like he was talking to me when I read it. Like if I don't know if you've checked seen it yet, but he was talking about. Don't kid yourself. You're going to be watching this World Cup, and I thought it was going to be tongue in cheek, but it wasn't. It was very like on the point about what's going on and different things. But you know, you'll find yourself slipping back in. It has like a grip on you because it is. That's what it is. Like the World Cup. I watched that Ronaldo, the 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 real Ronaldo and um, phenomenal that documentary on BBC iPlayer at the weekend, and like like you forget how good he was in 2002 because you always think about what happened to him in '98. And then the injuries, like Christ tonight, like the man was on an absolute mission in that World Cup, like, and he was just amazing. And I remember that that World Cup was class. That was uh, Ireland, obviously, in it as well, um, beating or the Robbie Keane going against Germany and different things. And Saudi Arabia's old Matt, what do you, what do you call him? He used to play for Charlton midfielder, scoring a goal against Cameroon. That Cameroon kit, remember, it was like a suit type thing in mm-hmm. England against Argentina. Uh, Beckham scoring the penalty. Pochettino giving the foul away for for Mike Lone. All things going on. It was just you know what memories flooding back, and then you're like, I I need to watch. I need to sort of watch it, but I don't want to. Watch. It's really really strange. I don't know where I'm. At. I know where the two lads are, Brent and Pat. I let you come in now. So I've talked enough, but um, like I. We'll talk about who want to win it as well. I want Uruguay to win it, but we'll get into that. <laughs> but uh, Paddy, how are you feeling about the World Cup? What's it been like for you? Because I know you're looking forward to it as well to watch it. But like it, it's so strange, isn't it? 
It is it's undoubtedly strange, um, but I, I am really excited. Um, I'm a sad man, so I have bought World Soccer Magazine, have a wall chart up, and I went through <laughs> each of the I 48 group games and wrote if they were on BBC or ITV beside the uh, <laughs> beside each game. I'm that oh, sad. Do I'm you know? Do you know there's a thing called Paddy? Sorry to talk about you. There's this thing called and you obviously haven't heard of it. It's called the internet, right? And they'll actually <laughs> do that for you. Uh, and there's a thing on your TV, I, this is going to blow your mind, called the TV Guide. And the TV Guide will tell you exactly where stuff's on, so you don't have to do that anymore. So there you go, <laughs> I've, saved you, I've saved you a bit of time. Well, I'm, stuck in, the, I'm stuck no in the dark value, ages. Yeah, the, my dial-up internet as well, like it's working okay at the minute, so I'm just, <laughs> just hanging in there, hanging in there. Um, but no, yeah, no, I'm, I'm excited. Like, and like you, I've watched the Messi and the Ronaldo documentaries, I've watched like... YouTube goal compilations from the World Cups 98, 98 onwards because they're the ones that I remember. So, yeah, like I am, I am significantly excited, um, and I'm sure Steve, your eldest child, will get have his first experience of watching football in school, which you just never forget. So, like you know, it's, yeah. it hopefully will be exciting, exciting for him. Um, but yeah, undoubtedly strange in the fact that you know we usually have about a month's preparation for a World Cup, and now it's like six-day turnaround, really, um, before the first game, which is odd. But, you know, we haven't had a proper tournament in a while. Like, the Euros was kind of half-baked. It was was strewn all across Europe. There was varying rules in different countries. So some countries, you had 25 or 50% attendance. You know, Budapest was 100%. Even the final was, you know, 65,000 in a 90,000-seater stadium. So this will be the first one with, you know, Full stadiums, no COVID restrictions, um, and and hopefully it has that kind of special feel that World Cups have. Um, obviously, we've we've talked at length about some of the human rights violations and some of the some of the stands um, that the Qatari government have taken, which I'm not going to go into again. But um, yeah, obviously that does it's in it's definitely in the back of my mind. But um, I'm just looking forward to to things kicking off. Um, and having three games on a day over the next week or two. Four one of the days as well. Thrill. Oh, I think better. Monday and Tuesday is possibly four's game at 10 o'clock, which is daft. I think four is too many. I had this problem in 2002, <laughs> right? I think three, go, go you think that, like. three is the optimal number of football games in a day. Four is just too many. It's just too much. I don't think there is too many in a day, but, you know, we're different animals. <laughs> um, Brenton. Come in. What's Hello. the crack? Yes, you're. Well, how are you feeling about it? Are you sort of similar? It's just weird, and are you are you excited too? Um, I would say probably a bit of a mix of both. Um, it does feel like uh, obviously very different. Um, but to be honest, I'm really ready to watch some football. That's not Chelsea Football Club at the minute, so um, <laughs> that's going to be a bit of a bonus for me. Um. And everything I read and listen to is just like um, of the same opinion. They're just um, ready to ready to leave uh, Premier League football for a while and um, hopefully see some uh, entertaining um, World Cup knockout football. Uh, <clears throat> but it, there's there's no doubt about it. It's 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 very strange. Like. The biggest thing for me is the gap. Um, obviously, we've, we've talked about all the other issues at length um, for months now, actually. Um, 
And now that we're at the actual starting tournament week, um, the, and we're probably going to focus on the football, to be honest. We've had this conversation, myself and Phil mostly, about um, how we're going to kind of navigate it. Um, uh, and even, you know, in your own head, um, as Steve says, you know, whether to when family members are, are excited to watch and, um, you know, how we're going to navigate the pods, just uh, it'll probably be week by week, day by day, we'll we'll sort of take it as it comes um, and how to cover this World Cup. I think everybody's kind of having that issue with the timing and with the other issues related to it. Um, so, you know, some of us will be watching, maybe all of us will be watching certain games um, and we'll just talk about the experience that we're going to have, um, which I'm sure will be similar to everyone else. But, um, yeah, I mean, I know you, you and Steve sort of spoke there about at the start about um, the fact that it is a World Cup and um, it's hard not to get pulled into that. Um, and, like, I know... In our family, we sort of when there's a major tournament on, certain people host certain games, and it's a way to get yeah. people together. And um, you know, that's probably I would say the main reason why I want to watch it is to sort of get a bit of the crack. It's it's everybody going who loves football. Um, you know, there's there's certain people have bats on different games. It's you know. Um, it's more about that rather than, you know, it, it will be much less fun if you're sitting there watching it by yourself. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to that and to, you know, watching some of the kind of higher profile games uh, with other people. Um, and, yeah, just to see how many Arsenal players hopefully get injured, really. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hopefully all of them that have gone to be honest um, so uh, we, we've talked and, and everyone else talks, Paddy's right, there's been so many chat and there will hopefully continue to be chat about all of the horrendous human rights issues that are going on we've mentioned them already, some of them tonight but, um, and this isn't a segue on or anything like that, they're glossed over them the World Cup's coming up and I want to ask you who thinks going to win it so I'll go in reverse order now, Brenton Who's going to win the World Cup? <laughs> Funny enough, when we were pre- um, preparing for this podcast and um, I put in the schedule, um, one of the things that didn't pop into my mind was I should probably know who I think is going to win the World Cup. Um, do you know what? Like, <clears throat> I always, and you know this, I always say France. Um, always. And... I there's always just a, a soft spot there. I think it might just be Giroud, to be honest. I think that's all it is. Um, but I don't know whether it was Hugo Lloris' comments really put me off today um, or just the fact that I, I actually, in my heart of hearts, don't think they're going to win. Um, and no one really is talking about Germany. And... I don't know. Like, I, I just think everyone's talking about Brazil and Argentina and the South American sides that I've heard. Um, and I think they could sneak under the radar a little bit. 
Um, I, I'm, I don't necessarily want them to win, but I think I might plump for Germany, you know? Fuck's sake. Wow. <laughs> did I ruin it? You did. Sorry, Steve. All right. <laughs> uh, Stephen, who do you think will win the World Cup? I think Germany will win the World Cup. <laughs> I don't think any, like, I think nice. for all the reasons Brendan said, it doesn't necessarily mean that I, I want them to win it. But I do feel like that there's an obsession with with the the, the Brazil and Argentina um, that I'm not I'm not seeing. I think the Argentina thing is interesting because I think people are almost willing Messi to win a World Cup more so than actually than actually thinking that they can do it. Um, I looked at the Brazil squad and I just can't get past the fact that how can Brazil win a World Cup with Fred in the squad? Like it just doesn't make sense to me. Like it just cannot make sense to me. France, I don't know. I don't. I don't know about France at all. England, I. I don't think they'll. I think they'll get England out. Is England is England, but I think they'll go out in the first round and a knockout. First knockout round. But I do think Germany. Yeah. Um. I thought their squad is a good mix of of of, of youth and experience. And look, it's it's a cliche, but they they know who to win these things. They're always there or thereabouts. Um, my other dark horse, if you can call them that, as multiple multiple World Cup winners, is Spain. I think they are being overlooked significantly. Um, but I think it'll be one of those two. I think it'll be Germany or Spain for me. Spain is there? Is there anyone in particular in the Spain squad impresses you, Stephen? No, none of them. <laughs> none of them. None of them. They're going to win the World Cup, but none of them impress you. That's interesting. Yeah. They're, they're going to win the World Cup because they left Thiago home. Yep, that's Ooh. it. And they brought Pedri, who's <laughs> going to win the World Cup. Uh, Patrick, who do you think will win the World Cup? Yeah, it's it's hard. I I I actually really think England have a real shot at this. Um, I think they're they they could be stronger at centre half, but they have two fantastic young, dynamic midfield players in Rice and Bellingham. They have Kane, who I think maybe aside from. Benzema, Haaland, he's right up on that top tier of, of number nines in, in world football and he's surrounded by, by sort of guile and pace I, like, I really think they have a chance, I know they've been in really poor form lately um, really since the since the Euros but you know they made the semi-final of the World Cup, they made the final of the, of the Euros and just lost out in penalties I think I think they've got a real shot. I, I don't want them to win it, but I think I think they really could. I think France think although their squad is magnificent, Kante and Pogba are huge losses. Like as Brendan probably feels the Kante loss for, for Chelsea, like he is just such a tremendous footballer that's such a huge impact on a team. Portugal, Belgium probably probably past their complete peak. Um and Spain and Germany seem to be in kind of rebuild, so yeah, it's 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 hard to know. I I I do think, unfortunately, that England might have a, a real shot at this, though. But they've Gareth Southgate as their manager. They can't win a World Cup with like you could literally stick a dish cloth out there, and <laughs> just, don't, just don't get it. Like, no, I, I'm and it's not an anti England bias. I, like, look, that's going to play a factor in all my analysis of England. Like, <laughs> and so, but that's and not cancelled. That's not the reason I think that they're not going to win the World Cup. I just don't think it's... I, I looked at the squad and I saw people kind of saying that's a really strong squad. And I feel like they've 
they've sent stronger squads to to World Cup. I think up front, they're who's going to get them goals outside of Kane, like from from the the strikers. I think I think they're reliant. They're very reliant on on Kane, and yeah, he obviously is in a little bit of form at the moment. And I feel like they left some of their better players at home as well. Like so, I don't know. I just I'm not seeing it. I feel like this is. And and not even a penalties exit. I think this is a, a around the sixteen exit for for England. I I can't see them getting much further than that. Another yeah, thing that I, I would, think goes in England's oh, favour. Sorry, Phil, is that um, yeah. they are like some of the coaches that that these players are coached by regularly is like Guardiola, you know, Klopp. Like I think back back sort of previous England squads going back to the golden generation 20 years ago and things. Um, they never really caught it. They couldn't play together. Southgate is getting a tune out of them. You know, they've, they've got further in tournaments than they have in a long, long time. Going back to like the 60s, so uh, or maybe 66 and then 1990. Um, you know, I think, I think although I wouldn't want to manage in Liverpool, he clearly has a galvanising effect. He's a really likeable guy and he must... He must do something to to get this team so far in tournaments, which can only stand them in good stead in this this World Cup. I think. But <clears throat> he's picked Harry Maguire. Yeah. That's he's, just he's what loyal. I, that's that's just what I always go back to, and you know, <clears throat> there's some other really questionable picks in there as well, um, <clears throat> and like I don't know this the sort of the stop start nature. Of, I think it would have benefited England more if the tournament was um, at in the summer as normal because yeah. I think during these kind of um, stop-start, you know, international breaks, they have not been good recently. Um, you know, in the Nations League, they have been piss poor. They got relegated, didn't they? So um, I think they they were beat by Hungary pretty well recently and Italy. Um, Hungry twice maybe, and uh, got relegated in the Nations League, and uh, you know that was because of how soon after the the Premier League has finished um, that they're actually starting the World Cup. Um, I mean, England's first game is on Monday. Mm-hmm. It sort of feels like a you know an elevated international break, um, and England have have not been good at that recently. I think the the majority of players playing in the Premier League is maybe a disadvantage um, because I know it's, it's always an argument like oh, people think the Premier League is the be-all and end-all, but I do, I do think it is the most competitive and most physically demanding league and to not have um, you know a proper break after the season like it would be in the summer and to go in to to the World Cup so soon after the, the games have finished I think I don't know I, I don't think they'll properly get going I don't think their group's that difficult um, so I think they probably will get out of it but I can't see them going much further either Yeah I I think they'll they'll get out of their group obviously or I mean if they don't um, I'll die <laughs> from laughter um, but uh, I think they should get out of it and then I I I don't know. I fancy Senegal. Senegal to cause them real problems. Senegal or Holland will come out of that group, the other group, mm-hmm. and they'll cause England real problems. Like people aren't really giving Holland much of a chance. I'm not saying Holland are going to win it. Uh, I don't think they will. But uh, they've a really good squad, and 
they've Cody Gakpo now, who's having an unbelievable season for PSV, uh, going into the World Cup off the back of that. Um, I think they'll give it'll give them a chance to put them far. They'll not win it. Like I'd, I'd be surprised they got the last four, but I think they've enough to give England a real, real big problems uh, if they meet. I, I ain't gonna be boring. Uh, I think Uruguay are gonna win it because Darwin Nunes is the best player in the world. Obviously, it's Paddy saw on Saturday, and I think he's going to be the top goal scorer. <laughs> and Fede Valverde is going to win, play the tournament in midfield, and that's really my nice and sensible prediction. I think Uruguay all the way. That's, that's how I think, lads. Jesus Christ! Nice. <laughs> who do who, who the other lads? The other lads just—that's um, a good shout, actually. Player, player of the tournament. Do you have any sort of inkling who you think it might be? Uh, Darwin Messi. If, if Argentina get anywhere near the final, they'll give it to Messi. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I would go with that. Yeah, I think a genuine. I, I think Brazil will win it. Um, I want Uruguay to win it, but I do think Brazil will win it. I think it's sort of. Lined up. I mean, Messi or not Messi? Sorry, Neymar. You know, February's six, seven, what, a couple of two months away, so we can get it all out of the system now. And he gets with the World Cup, gets spent some time with sister afterwards. I mean, it's perfect for him, really. <laughs> um, and I, I think, like, if you look at Brazil's team, there, Steve's right. Like, and, and you've all seen it. The, the whole thing is for this is going to be Messi's World Cup, and it still might be Messi's World Cup, as in like he might be unbelievable, but. Whether he wins or not, I'm not sure. But the Brazil squad across the whole board, even if they do have Fred the Red, uh, is very, very strong. Like very, very strong. Allison is having an unreal season, and then if he doesn't play well, Ederson can come in. Their centre halves are Vinicius and or not Vinicius, what he got Militao, and uh, the lad from PSG is unreal, Marquinhos. Then um, in the midfield, the Casemiro. <sighs> All he has to do is win the World Cup and he's won everything. Um, as well as Gimenez is playing well. Fred will be there. Fabinho's obviously part of that squad too. Up front, Neymar, uh, Vinicius Jr., Rodrigo. Uh, I don't Nally. really... I think, I, think the, Martin, I think they brought Ricardson. I think, is he like the comedy value? So I'm not really sure they brought him. Um, <laughs> but, Seriously, yeah, why is he there? Like, I don't know why he's there. Maybe he can sniff out danger. I don't know. I'm not sure what it is. I feel um, like every, every World Cup winning squad has one player you just go, huh? You know, brings a dose. Yeah. Like in the we'll ditch. bring a dose. Yeah. I like the only thing I'd say about Brazil, like is there's there's I think it's seven players have fewer than fewer than ten caps. Like it's a relatively yeah. inexperienced squad. And I don't know whether that stands to you. Um like I was uh, there's a guy I know plays American football with me who's Brazilian and like he was surprised Anthony was included in the squad. Um uh, things like that, like I think some of the inclusions were were a little bit surprising to the Brazilian public, but yeah, like there's a reason. Like when you go through the team, there's there's a reason that is Daniel Alves the oldest player at the tournament, by the way. Uh, Got to be a keeper, I, surely. He would definitely be the oldest outfield player. I'd be pretty sure, yeah. at least. Yeah, um, I know it's the first World Cup where I'm older than every single player, first time ever. Ooh. So, oh, rough, and only oh. by a week, only by a week. So, Still, oh, well, my chances of being called up are gone. But like, um, yeah. Look, I think the player of the tournament. I think if 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 Argentina do get anywhere near the final, it will be Messi. I think if Brazil win it, you're probably looking at at maybe someone like Casemiro. Might I hope it's not Neymar. I just cannot. Like it's bad enough this World Cup. I don't need Neymar coming out as player of the tournament. Like out of it. So yeah, uh, hopefully he breaks his we- leg again. 
<laughs> or is back. What about you, Paddy? For player of the tournament? Yeah. Um I'd love to see Darwin Nunes have a really a really good tournament. <laughs> um I really would. But um, go if you too. Harry Harry Kane, um I I'll, I'll go Harry Kane. I think he brings Christ, his, I can his hear best Johnny Springs. Yeah, I think I think a, a Spurs legend like Harry Kane, um I think he could do it. I think England have a have a really kind run and if if they get through it's gonna be him that's scoring the goals. So uh yeah, I'll go I'll I'll go Harry Kane. Uh wild. Um Brenton. I'm gonna say because I've gone with Germany, um I feel like I, I need to go with a German player. I'm gonna go Gundawan. Wow. Uh I you know the people listeners of this podcast will know that I'm not a Man City fan and I'm far from it. Um but that wee prick is so good and <laughs> I feel like um he could be similar to I know this is this is blasphemy on this podcast, but um Bernardo Silva, the way he um dictates a game and think he might do for, for Portugal at times. Um although I think Portugal are gonna be catastrophic to be honest um as a side note but um yeah i'm gonna go gundawan or kay havert (laughs) (laughs) like uh, jamal musiala is the one in germany i will be keeping my eye on he's the one i think Mm. um there's a couple of players could have a breakout term i think uh really good choices from all i think i think on like like england for instance if they have a great world cup do bind them will probably have had a great World Cup and he's like not the in boy at the minute but he's on everyone's lips as uh, the next superstar coming through especially an English football perspective so I think if he'll be in with a good chance but um, yeah I, I'd love it to be Nunes or whatever but um, some of those players definitely in with a chance and I think S- Steve mentioned Spain he's not going to like this but if Spain do get very far in it Pedri's probably going to have had to have a really good World Cup. So you're going to have to apologise on the podcast, Stephen. Uh, who do you think is going to be top goal scorer in the World Cup? Pedri. <laughs> <laughs> that was so aggressive, Dave. Pedri. <laughs> Patrick? Steve. I'm sticking, oh, Harry. I'm sticking with Harry Kane. I'm, I'm going to say him again. Um... I'm going to be serious this time. Go on ahead. Darwin Nunes. <laughs> I, genuinely, I genuinely think he could score a lot of goals for Uruguay. I genuinely think he could. Like, or get sent off. It would be one or the other. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's up front with Suarez. So they're going to finish with nine players, possibly one of the games. <laughs> yeah, I mean, could be somebody who balls out in the group stage like, and then just does nothing. Um yeah, like close to scoring four against Saudi Arabia well, back in the day. It's funny you say that because I have Savage, the Lazio guy, whose full name I can never pronounce. Um, Serge Milinkovic. That's it. That's him. Uh, I think he. I think he'll have a really good group stage. I think actually, I think Serbia will go deep, and I think Senegal will go deep as well. Um, but yeah, for him, I think that's your kind of long shot um, golden ball winner there. 
And Brenton, did you give yours? I didn't, because I don't know what to say. Um, <laughs> want to, if I'll you want go, to tip, like, Vinicius Jr. is like the roaring our favourites. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'll go Benzema. Oof. Nice. Nice. I mean, he did win the World Cup of the Year. Has Benzema ever had a good World Cup? Because I feel like I don't remember yeah, him really I think he had, did he, uh, Was he there in 2014? He missed, no, he, he missed probably, trouble, probably he? still extorting teammates. Of course, yeah, he was, yeah, yeah, he was in trouble with that. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it was that, that wasn't ideal. Um, Steve, are yeah, you older I, than... Sorry. Time. I, I just looked it up. Um, <laughs> are you older than... 39 years and 9 months and 12 days old. I am, sadly. Oh, well, then, yes, I think someone was born on the 17th of September, though. And my birthday was like 82, and my birthday was the 10th of September, 82. That was my understanding from a tweet I saw during the rounds during the week. <laughs> how, how loud was the Big Bang, Steve? <laughs> <laughs> this is, I'm trying to think, so 86, 19. Jesus Christ. Ninety-four, ninety-eight. I'm doing the math here in my head, live in the podcast. This is great podcasting. Two thousand and two, two thousand six, two thousand ten, twenty fourteen, twenty-eight. This is my tenth World Cup. Testimonial, testimonial oh, World Cup. Fucking hell! Like and Qatar, you've, you've, more, you've more World Cups than I have GCSEs. <laughs> Unreal. Um, I'm pissed. <laughs> Auntie, thanks, Patrick. You know what? Um, I, I just I just worked that out when I could have just divided four, like forty by four. You know. Yeah. Anyway, you could have done that. We can we can uh, put that in post. Thanks, Patrick. No. I'll be breaking your two front teeth next time we can show. Um, right, we'll, we'll talk World Cup. We're going to talk the world as well tonight about a mid-season review, and Paddy always has to skip swim because he's he's got football soon. So we'll we'll let Paddy go first. The to go. Um, Mid-season review, obviously, Liverpool, quickly, how are you feeling? I mean, I was looking at it today, the last 11 games have won nine and lost two, which you wouldn't think of it looking at them. The two were Leeds and Forces, wasn't ideal, but going into the new year, when the season's back, how are you feeling Liverpool are sitting now? Yeah, like, uh, as you said, the recent record, despite losing those stupid games against Leeds and Nottingham Forest, has been pretty good. Um, we have generally been dog shit to be honest throughout much of the season um just sort of hoping that we can get a few boys back from injury in january we can possibly add a midfielder and just kind of go again i think with diaz and jota back to add a bit of impetus and and hopefully a clean bill of health after the world cup i think we can kind of attack it again and hopefully claw back a few of those teams hovering around sort of fourth or fifth and if we could sneak in the fourth, I would snap your hand off for that right now. I think Newcastle will fade. They're never keeping that up. Um, it's just be a, a bit of a shootout then between the likes of United, Spurs, Liverpool, uh, Chelsea for, for, for the remaining places because Arsenal are yeah. so good and are definitely going to win the league. It's theirs to lose, yeah. as we all know. Arsenal have been brilliant. I'm just going to make a prediction. I think Liverpool will win the league, but we'll move on. Um, <laughs> Brenton, quickly, on because we want to get Paddy's... Uh, Awards as well. Chelsea, you sort of touched on it. You want uh, this World Cup to kick off because I think it's like, was it two wins in the last eight, possibly? Uh, not going great. Don't know, is it? <laughs> yeah, I don't think it is, like. <laughs> um, yes, mentioned earlier that this is a um, welcome break for Chelsea fans. Um, 
it, it's it's not good, clearly. Um, it's the first time we've lost three league games in a row since uh, Mourinho's infamous season, um, which is not good. But um, I think, you know, there was some stupid fans calling for Potter's head already after the Newcastle game. It's not going to happen, I don't think. Um, they're, they are talking about this longer-term project. and I know they've um, confirmed today that they've got the um, Brighton head of recruitment um, in uh, Chelsea as well. So that's just 432 members of Brighton staff they've um, stolen. Um, I think he's going to be head of global recruitment at Chelsea now. So um, they're hopefully going to have an opportunity to put together um, some sort of team, some sort of plan for uh, January and um, if they can squeeze out a top four this season I think they can build from there um, but the thing about the uh, the World Cup break is that hopefully they'll have an opportunity to get you know Kappa, Reese James Fafana, Kante Chilwell um, a lot of these boys maybe up and running again and hopefully ready to go and rested for the for the second half of the season so that's the positive that I'm clinging on to and um, I hope that'll come to fruition a bit like it's my birthday and I'll cry if I want to there at the end Brenton for, for folks um, Stephen United uh, the other bald fraud in Manchester things have been going quite well um, Garnacho's come through just as the other man, the, the real man child of the squads, obviously uh, burned all his bridges uh, this week with his interview with Pierce Morgan. But reasonably o- okay with how United have gone? I'm happy with how they've gone. I don't think any United fan could tell you that they weren't. I think there's a, I think the main thing, and this has come up so often when we, we've spoken about Man United, there's, there's a. There's an approach there that you can understand what the manager is trying to do. Now, he sometimes throws absolute curveballs, like making Ronaldo captain out of absolutely nowhere, and then they get thumped by Aston Villa with, you know, <laughs> and deservedly get beaten by Aston Villa. Um, but I think part of that is to do with like just the compression of games and he, him really, really believing in squad rotation and team rotation and stuff like that. But he still didn't have to make Ronaldo captain. But I think I think you have to be happy with where United are. Like there's an there's an identity about the club for the first time since 2013. I know exactly what he's trying to achieve. He has, I would say, 75 percent of the players he needs to do it. I think there's a massive question mark over the goalkeeper and his ability to to play as well as. And I know he's had a couple of man of the match awards, and I know United fans have been calling out some of the saves he's made. But he can't play that sweeper keeper role that you know it will need for this 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 yeah. style of football that that Ten Hag wants to play. But overall, like I give it a B plus so far this season. It's not it's not been perfect by any means. There's been some bad bad losses in there. It's still like the Villa loss to me is worse than the City loss. Um, I think they just encountered a juggernaut that day. Um, but that Villa loss was purely down to the manager. So there's still some bad results in there, but I think overall I, I'm, I'd be quite happy with how United played. Yeah, I, I think that's fair enough. Um, like, I, I think people were expecting maybe 
usual because because it, it is Manchester United. That just are going to get stuck right into the mix and and different things. But I think what Ten Hag's done has been uh, not perfect because obviously there's been some results, but it's it's been really good the way he's handled things and the way he's handled the Ronaldo situation. He obviously there's no way he was going to want them. I think he's done really well there. He probably will replace De Gea soon, you'd imagine, um, with a keeper that can play that way. And he's managed to, to embed in some of the signings, like Casemiro. Barring the Aston Villa game that I saw has been good. I think against Fulham, Paulinho was probably the outstanding midfielder the whole match because I think he was class for Fulham. But Eve Eriksson played really well. Um, he's got a tune out of Rashford. Garnacho's coming through. So, yeah, I think that's fair. Um from yourself, Johnny's obviously not here to give his Arsenal um, opinion. I mean, he'll just say usual. They're going to win the league. They'll smash it. No bother. Spurs are shite. That's usually what he'll say. Um, but yeah, I, I, as we can imagine, um, your awards then, because I know Paddy is going to be getting off soon, and we can obviously finish it up afterwards. So I'll let you go first, Paddy. Um, who, who's been, in your opinion, in the manager of the season so far? I've given it to Eddie Howe. Eddie like, I don't think he can. I think it's hard to argue with how well he's done. I could um, argue with Eddie Howe. <laughs> and definitely his assistant, who's your, uh, yeah. your oh, pet head. But uh, yes, they, they have been tremendous. i, I got to say, watching the, the Chelsea game, their, their time-wasting is infuriating. It's so, so pointedly uh, gamesmanship annoying. Like they did it against Liverpool too. It is horrendous. <laughs> um, and it, it does get my goat. But you know, for them to be sitting in the Champions League spots at the World Cup... And you know, their big money signing, like Alexander Isak, hasn't really played. He's been injured. Um, I know they have signed players there. Like GMRS is clearly a class player and could play for most clubs around Europe. But generally, they've signed functional players that have come in and done well. And yeah, I think it's hard hard to argue with with the job he's doing so far. Like, I hope it hope he doesn't finish in the Champions League because that's going to take a place off Liverpool potentially. But um, I, I think he's been he's done a great job. Nice and Breton. Um, as much as it pains me, it uh, helps that Johnny's not here. I'm going to go Arteta. Um, I just think the um the job he's done so far has been absolutely outstanding. Um, I think I read somewhere the other day, and I thought that is so true. Every game that Arsenal that I've seen Arsenal play, and it's quite a few this season. They actually have deserved a win. Um, I think they've been great value for it. Um, I think some of the um, signings that he's made, obviously Jesus has been an excellent signing. Um, the way he's brought in Saliba, who's been unbelievable, the um, partnership with Gabriel, and um, given the, the captaincy to Odegaard as well, um, all have worked out uh, fantastically well. And I know Johnny will want to give a, a mention to Ben White playing at right back too. Thinks he's the best right back in the world. Um, but uh, you know, every decision he's made so far has, has worked out and you know, it's, it's all credit to Arteta that they're sitting there five points clear. Um, I will add as a caveat that I hope it all falls apart and, um, <laughs> <laughs> just goes into absolute flames in the second half of the season. But for now, as it's the half uh, halfway point and we're doing these awards, it has to go to, to the Lego head himself. <laughs> Stephen? 
Uh, it's Marco Silva for me. Um, yeah. I think they were literally seconds away from getting results against the two Manchester clubs. Um, a bit of cheating from City and a, a bit of genius from United uh, denied them any points in those games. Um, I think, be, like before, if you think about it, before those two games, they were seventh ahead of Liverpool. Like they've been having a really good season. But I think just for for him, I'm delighted for him because, like, there was a there was an idea that he didn't know what he was doing. He didn't know English football, despite like you know Wofford being Wofford and Everton being Everton, two absolute basket case, case clubs. Um, and he's gotten, I think, he's gotten a lot out of that team. Um, more than the sum of their parts, I think, and that's always the sign of a good manager. I think, yeah, there's no doubt Arteta is doing doing a good job. Um, but they were spanked by United when United played them, so they can't be that good. <laughs> um, whereas Fulham at least gave United a close game, so I'm going to give it to, to Silva. I think Silva's great. Uh, Arteta as well. I, I can't give Eddie Howe any uh, compliments at all. Go and fuck himself. But um, I respect your opinion anyway, Patrick. I, and this isn't so. I, I, mine would have been Arteta, but I think an, a notable mention should be the Deserby for what he's done when he came in at Brighton. They've had one or two, like they're beat by Brentford and uh, they're beat by Tottenham, uh, but they've had some really good results, like Arsenal in the League Cup beating Chelsea four one, beat Wolves last weekend. Now they're beat by Brighton the weekend, but if you watch them, like he just he's managed to come in and not. Uh, like what Graham Potter had going there, they were so excellent to watch. He hasn't really changed or tweaked it in a negative way. He's managed to tweak it, although it looks sometimes even better. And especially against Liverpool at Anfield, they were they should have beat Liverpool that day. They were unbelievable at um, Anfield that afternoon. So I, I've been really impressed with him. But I, I would give it to Arteta only because Deserby hasn't been in there long enough. But uh, no, interesting choices. Um, Paddy, your player. You probably have to give us your last tip before you go, but your player so far of the season. Yes, player. I, I'm going to give it to Martin Odegaard. Um, oh, you bastard. <laughs> oh, sorry, Ben. I, I think he's been in class. And, and it's not just the recency bias because he scored a couple at the weekend. Um, I just think he knits everything together so well. He seems to have real sort of leadership qualities about him. I think he's an intelligent player team player um i just think he's been been brilliant and i don't know if arsenal would be half as good if he wasn't playing like he's he's that kind of you know christian erickson mold at, at his peak you know just really classy acting whenever we were at the emirates there like a month ago for me he was the standout player by an absolute mile that day um so impressed with him so i'll, I'll give it to, to martin odegaard Do you want me to give the signing as well before I go, people? I'm going to say gone. yes. Yeah. Phil seems to be gone, so I'm yeah. going to say yes. I'll give the signing here quickly, and then I better go, the, go to go to. Five sorry, sides yes. Here. I, he couldn't hear me. Sorry, yeah. Give me your signing um, and your uh, surprise this season. Pat. Sorry, Paddy. So my signing is um, Gabriel Jesus. Um, again, another Arsenal player. I think, you know, teams over the years like you know United signing Cantona you know signing winners proven winners um you know can only enhance the squad and although he hasn't you know scored hatfuls and hatfuls of goals the way that that Haaland has I think his contribution in terms of um you know bringing bringing experience um his defensive work actually goes totally under the radar but he he's 
just works so fucking hard. Um, he's been really durable as well. He, he's played, you know, pretty much every minute, I think. Um, so my signing, I would give it to him. The surprise um, would be just Ronaldo's petulance. Like, it's so unlike him to be so... Um, you know, focused on himself. So that's probably that's probably my surprise. So I'll I'll drop that little sprinkling um, in, and I better go play five sides. But it's been a pleasure. Um, Good luck, Paddy. Break a leg. Um, thanks, guys. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I hope you break both of your legs. Not yours. Yeah, someone else's. No, 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 no. He should break. I hope he breaks. No, no. He wanted. He said only ten teeth. That's why I hope he breaks both his legs. <laughs> um, I give you a shout from the hospital so I can come see you too. Good luck. Thanks very much. Thanks for Give me a shout from the dentist whenever you go there, people. Get a few yeah, more. Well, yeah, no right. Cheerio. Good luck. Bye, boys. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, you're a player then, Stephen. <laughs> it's just really hard to look past Haaland, isn't it? Like, well, I don't know, was it 18 goals in 14 games or it's something ridiculous? Yeah. Um, it feels like, uh, oh, and I, I, like, I'm reluctant to give Manchester City any credit, but like, the narrative all summer was that he wouldn't be able to do it in the Premier League. Um, and he's been a little bit quieter of late, but I think you just can't argue with his, his, his goal-scoring prowess. It's just been incredible. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's Haaland for me. Uh, Breton? Uh, you, you heard mine, and you heard all of the exact reasons um, was Odegaard um, from Paddy. It was literally the exact same answer. Um. Mang, now you still are going to share to me, and this is—it's not for. I don't think he's the best player in Premier League, but he's. The, don't he's say the Darwin one, Nunes. Yep, he's the one player that he just. Are look, you serious? Yes, he has he's been shit. only for me. He has been just a joy to to watch. You see, I heard someone else say this, and I actually think that um, that's. Andy Carroll, if you look at him, was just a horse that was missing two front legs, whereas Nunes is much better than that, and he will prove that. And he just had to watch his even performance on Saturday there, sorry, against Southampton. He was he was brilliant. He was everywhere. Um, even this, some of the, the passes in for Salah. Salah should have scored, but he looked like he'd been space jam, God love him. Um, probably we a bit sad he's not going to the World Cup. But Nunes, like, and it's not, I don't think he's been the best player in the Premier League. I'm, I'm not saying that. Um, I think it has been been Haaland to be honest because he's a mutant uh, Odegaard obviously notable mention but Nunes has made me feel something like watching Liverpool and you know how tough it's been at times but I've been able to watch he is he is chaotic he is a scat man like that should be his nickname um, but when he gets going uh, he can be brilliant and also there can be times where he'll roll the ball out uh, but I've just loved I've loved every minute of the Darwin ex- uh, experiment so far and long may continue um, so he's been my player so far this season but he, it isn't the right choice because I know there's been better players um, even I mentioned that, uh, Paulinho from Fulham quietly going about his business put in a performance on Saturday on Sunday sorry he did the exact same first game of the season against Liverpool manhandled Liverpool in midfield very much doubt Fulham will hold on to him uh, in the summer because uh, he's just been amazing but yeah that would be my choice um, your signing of the season then uh, Stephen I don't know if mine counts, right? Because he was signed three years ago. But he's only playing for Arsenal now. And Saliba. Um, I just think he's been phenomenal. And I mean, he was very close to being my player of the season so far. Um, so if he doesn't count, 
Um, I'm I'm going to say Anthony. Um, be, just because of what a little bit like yours, I'm not saying he's been the 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 best player, but he's offering United something that I don't think they've had in a while. There's a oh. bit of an edge to him, uh, and there's a lot of skill to him, and he knows how to find the back of the net, and he gives the team something that they haven't had since a little bit since the glory days of Ronaldo the first time around, I think. Um, but they they they'd be my one and a half kind of uh, signings of the season. Interesting. Uh, Breton? Holland, for me. I know it's obvious. I know it's boring. But um, I, I just think he, as Steve mentioned when he was saying about him being the player of the season for him, um, there was so much anticipation, more than we've had in a long, long time, about a player coming to the Premier League and <laughs> to come in and do what he's done um is um pretty special and you could see actually that when he was injured there um Man City did kind of miss miss him and, and they were missing that link. Um so I think um it's it's kinda of hard to look past him for for signing the season and it's quite um scary to think that he is getting a rest now and um if I was an Arsenal fan I'd be very scared of him come come the end of December, start of January, because I think he'll be firing ready to go. Um which will be interesting. Yeah, I mean they're gonna finish there between Liverpool and City or Arsenal, but yeah, I understand. I would go Haaland too, even like obviously the fee, whatever and different things, but yeah, all those points Brett and you touched on he he's been an absolute mutant when he's got going, um, which we knew, but I don't think we expect them to, to do this much damage so early on. Um, so God knows what's going to finish up at the end of the season. But yeah, he's, I think he's been the sign of the season. Uh, there's been all the ones too. Like, and, and I take your point, Anthony, as well. Uh, Steve, I think he's maybe dropped off a wee bit the last couple of weeks, but um, certainly for a patch there, he looked excellent. Like He looked like he was going to score every time he cut inside. Pardon me. Yes, yeah, so he's done really well, and um, obviously some of the Arsenal lads too. Jesus is a weird one for me because uh, I think he's doing what he, he seems to always do, where he, he goes through a bit, a bit of a patch, maybe at one point of the season where he scores, and then he'll just drift off from scoring goals. Um, so I don't necessarily know if he's going to be enough to fire Arsenal over the line, because crunch time like he's gonna need he's gonna need to start scoring more goals for a start but he, he's been good in other aspects um and then like i'll allow saliba because he's just been so good uh <coughs> since he's come into arsenal he's just he's been brilliant like i think he's actually as well covering up a little bit for some of gabriel's um i'm not saying gabriel's bad defender at all like but sometimes he's a bit more loose and saliba's covering up a little bit which i at that such young age is a massive, massive potential. So, yeah, um, we'll see how that goes with Arsenal. Um, I, I'm like all these. Hopefully, it, it falls apart, and hopefully, Johnny's hearing this and he's pulling his hair out. Um, I, I can I. I just want to put on record. I want Arsenal to win the league, and just because it's not Man City and it's not Liverpool. So, look, I'm happy. I'm, I'll be happy. I won't be happy for Johnny. Like, I'll hate the fact that like he'll be able to glow over it. But I'll be happy that it wasn't City or, or or Liverpool that won the league by by a long way. No, that's fair enough. Uh, I want them to lose even more than you want them to win the league. Um, 
your surprise then of the season. I, I'll go and jump in because mine. I've already sort of half touched on it. My surprise has been um, just how well uh, Deserby took on with Brighton. I was just so impressed with him and how he's just managed to mould that and kept it going. Um, I think I know the one or two as I said in all my results, or whatever. But for Brighton to be right back up in the mix, like if Brighton had won the weekend, they'd I think they'd be still above Liverpool possibly, um, in sixth, which is not coming at the turn of the year, which is brilliant for them. So I've been really, really impressed with him. I think the fact he came in, it didn't rock the boat. They got results straight away, looked better at times. Uh, it's been really, really impressive. Brenton. Um, sticking on the Brighton theme, I'm going to go for Leandro Trossard. Um, I just think he has become an absolute baller. Um, I know he was a baller anyway, but this season I think he's really stepped it up. Um, I think he's got eight goals, two assists or something. He was unbelievable against, you know it, Liverpool that day. Um, yes, sir. And I think he's he showed up in the big games. Um Against Chelsea as well, um, of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, who hasn't this season? Uh, no, I just think he, um, he's been the, the backbone, I suppose, um, of what you were just talking about there, Brighton being as as far up the, the league as they are um, and obviously went through the whole managerial and staff change. Um, and I think he is... You know, primed to have a really good World Cup as well with with Belgium. Hopefully, you get some game time. I know it's competitive in there when you're going up against the Bruyne and the like. Um, but I think he um, he's the one who maybe I didn't expect to be as good as he has been this season, and therefore the best surprise. Stephen, uh, I think the biggest surprise has been Liverpool. Um, just the step back they've kind of taken this season. Um, I don't know exactly how far off they are of where they were kind of this number of games played last year, but it feels like it's maybe six or nine points probably worse off. Um, I think for me it's not necessarily uh, a coaching issue because the coach is still good. I think the surprise element for me is how much they've missed Mane. Now it's starting to click a little bit more. I still think they're they're a long way off and I still think all of the kind of fundamental problems we've spoken about over the last few weeks of them not having that, you know, link between their really good old midfielders and their really good young midfielders. Um, mm-hmm. So that to me has been surprising, but actually, I actually like, and I wouldn't have said this kind of maybe three or four weeks into the season, but just how kind of normal Manchester United football club, up until Ronaldo this week, obviously have, have been, um, this season, it's kind of been like a, a, a I suppose, a, a, a normalization of I'm watching them play, and most weeks I'm now expecting them to win and get a result. Like, I didn't, even with the, you know, what was it, 92 minutes into the game, I still liked their chances of beating Fulham at the weekend. And there's been a few times this season where I've thought, do you know what? They've the quality there to actually get a result out of this. Um, they're not conceding the comedy goals that they were before. Um, and actually, someone made a point today, and it, it's a really good point, and it kind of gets lost. The goals United are scoring this year 
are really, really good. It's not like they're they're not getting a lot of tap ins. They're not getting a lot of like some of the some of the build up play and and some of the final balls in for some of the go- is way beyond anything they've done in ten years. And that 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 increase in quality so quickly has been a big surprise. But I think I think Liverpool being where they are, I fully expected Liverpool to to really give. Um, City a run for the, I, I expect Liverpool to be in the City position or in the Arsenal position right now. Like and so for them to be so far back, um, of that has been a surprise for me. Um, but I like it does feel like maybe over the last couple of weeks, things are are are, are turning around a little bit. Yeah, no, I, I know what you mean. I think like I, I was surprised myself when I saw that one nine of the last eleven. It, it didn't feel like that. Probably was like, you know it hasn't felt like that, but um. I think as well, like the Mane, I people Mane was unbelievable, on uh, un, unbelievable player. Like he'll go down as one of Liverpool's greats, but no one ever talks about the, the patches, the spells he went through. Were which the last two three seasons were he couldn't hit a barn door, and it would go prolong. It was the start of last season, especially where he was really really poor. It wasn't until he went to the Afcon. And won it, and he came back, and then the last tail end of the last season was where he he came back into himself again. But there was a spell where you were just like, "What's going on here?" And there was a lot of talk within the fan base about, you know, maybe Jota starting ahead of him and different things. And then when Luis Diaz arrived, who is obviously manager replacement, um, you know, he's going to get in because he started so well in January and different things. But uh, I I don't think the I think if Luis Diaz was fit, there wouldn't be a, as much of a manager chat, if you know what I mean. Yeah, because um, obviously I think he's a brilliant player and he's already shown that. But this time last year, they were on thirty-one points, so it's, there's a nine difference. And pardon me, it's nine goal difference. They were on twenty. Uh, well, hang on, they're on twenty-two points after match day eleven, but they got beat uh, by West Ham three-two, and uh, then they kicked on again because thankfully they had Everton very soon. They were able to beat Everton, uh, and then kick on from there. Obviously, and that's that's more or less when they went on that mad run. Mm. Uh, towards last year, but um, yes, definitely that it has been. It's been surprised being a Liverpool fan, um, being so far off. But I, I do think there are signs starting to show now where, and hopefully, they can kick off, hit the ground run in the when the season comes back. That they're going to be in the mix, um, for top four certainly. Like I think Spurs and Newcastle aren't don't really have enough to maintain. Not that they won't do it, but just maintain it throughout the whole season. I think there's there's definitely elements in there. Both those teams can be caught and got at, but we shall see. Um, on Ronaldo to finish up because it's quite a long one tonight, but I think it is only fair. What a dickhead! Like, <laughs> honestly, like, and, and you, you know, and Steve the same. Never, I've never, never, especially I've never been his biggest fan. Never ever been his big good, great, great player. Not saying that, but just nah, can't warm to him. But like to, to go on Pierce Morgan for a start again. And then just to unload like he did, like what the hell, Cristiano? What did you think, Steve? As a United fan, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, it's, it was the least surprising, given how he's acted this season. Um, I think it's an interesting one, right? Because obviously, sport feels different. But if you or I acted the way Ronaldo has in a job. We fully expect to be getting our P45, you know, uh, sooner Mm -hmm. rather than later. Um, 
there is no doubt, like all the evidence is there. Like Ronaldo is smart enough to know this. And he, so he's kind of fighting, like he's raging against the dying of the light to, in, in a certain respect. United are a better team without him, without him even being near the squad. There's there's a certain chaotic energy about the club at the moment. Like there's some random decisions like putting Harry Maguire on, up front when you need a goal and things like that. But at least you know that Harry Maguire will make an effort. Where Ronaldo, it's it's like just so many question marks over his attitude and and now his ability. Like that's the thing. Like it's it's he's not as sharp in front of goal this year as he was last year. So you can't actually justify having him in the team. Like are some of his comments about the club being stuck in the past valid? They probably are. Like they're United are doing all the things that Liverpool did. Um, or where they up to this season? All the things that Liverpool did when Liverpool went through their period without success, which was relying on that like boot room network, relying on that old kind of guard, and all the pundits are ex United players because they were successful 10, 15, 20 years ago. The exact same way all the pundits when Liverpool went through the rest, and people were afraid to criticize the manager. So he's a lot of he, he, he makes some good points. But it's all negated by the fact he's done it on Piers Morgan. It's all negated by the fact that how can he say the manager has disrespected him when the manager made him the captain of the team fucking a week ago and he shit the bed. Like he was so bad against Aston Villa, like so unbelievably bad. Uh, and he has been poor in almost every game he's played this season. Um The simple fact is United have four or five forwards who are now better than Ronaldo. Um, and he, he just, he, a little bit like, I suppose, Tom Brady in, in American football, like you get to an age and all of a sudden the, everything you were good at, everything that you've defined your life with is gone. And that's really hard to take. So from a kind of personal point of view, I know, I I kind of understand why he's lashing out and why he's frustrated, but the club have to deal with it. Like they, you even saw the Fernandez exchange. You've seen some of the exchanges with with, with other Portuguese players. At, like I, I don't think the Fernandez thing was 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 a Manchester United thing. I think it was a why the fuck are you distracting everyone from the build up to the World Cup to make this about you? And I think there was a, a there was a clip from training today where you know there was other players and they were kind of acting the same around him. So. It's uh, pa- Paddy said like he was surprised Ronaldo met. It's always been about Ronaldo. It's always been about CR seven. It's always been about the bullshit that goes with with him. Um, so I'm in no way surprised by it. So I can't be disappointed because I fully expected this would come. He was done for me. I told you this. I didn't want them signing him. I didn't. I thought the allegations against him, all of that, made meant that you know this was going to be a bigger headache than. The, the the risk and the downsides were far worse than any rewards you'd get. And it's just been proven right. Um, and yeah, it, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't be ignored that this is not the worst thing Cristiano Ronaldo has, has, has probably done in his life. So put in, in that context, but I don't see how they sell him. I don't see how, who's, who's going to take him? Who's going to take on that baggage? Um, so Probably Chelsea. Probably Chelsea, and that would be very funny because that will just make sure that my my prediction last week that Graham Potter gets fired before the end of the season actually comes through. Because 
the man just brings too much trouble and the talent is not there anymore. It's just not. He's too slow. He's not good. He's not an accurate finisher. And when was the last time you saw Ronaldo score a free kick? Like it's just all of the things that you know Ronaldo for, they're just gone. They're not there anymore. That player does not exist anymore. So Chelsea will absolutely, you know, take his contract on. So congratulations, Brendan. <laughs> yeah, uh, Brad, uh, what do you think? Yeah, it's actually it's a good uh, time to bring me in because uh, my dream from about eight years ago is coming true. Um, Steve's right; like he's he's nowhere near the player he used to be, and um, <clears throat> like the it's it's very disappointing. Like I know we haven't heard the full interview i think we can kind of fill in the blanks and um as to what the rest of it is going to entail when it's it's on um piers morgan's show of course but um it's it's just for the people and i was definitely one of them have been a ronaldo fan for many years um you know the the sort of retort that i always give when you know, people said about, you know, how it's all about him, how, you know, how much of, you know, the um, plaudits have to go to him, et cetera, et cetera, was that he always did back it up on the pitch. Like he always was there and he always scored and he always won. And there was no denying that for years and years and years. And it was just probably you know, I would have said and thought that he was just a winner and he just um, at, at times only put trust in himself to um, to do what was necessary to, to win for the team. But that has shifted in probably in the last 18 months um, where the, the team, we've said this before in this podcast, are better off without him and the... Um, I don't think he can handle that anymore. Um, and I think that's why I mentioned earlier about Portugal, like that it if it's all about Ronaldo, you know, for United, it you know times it by a hundred for, for Portugal because they all buy into it as well. Not I don't know about uh, necessarily all of the players, but you know, the coaching staff, the fans the whole country, they all buy into it's the Ronaldo show and he is our saviour. Um, and I don't think that's going to happen anymore. So I can see them having a difficult tournament um, if they are still relying on him. Um, but the <clears throat> sort of the outburst and the uh, the timing of the interview and, um, you know, the way it was done and the platform he chose, of course, um, is, is mucho, mucho not good. Um, I think <laughs> he, he knew what he was doing. It was all to try and get at United, um, just after, uh, their last Premier League game. He, I think, you know, a number of people have said, including Ferdinand that I saw today, that he, you know, he's, that's him cut all ties. He'll not play for the club again. We'll see about that, but, it does seem like he's angling for for a move in January um, because when you're burning bridges um, 
or when you're saying stuff like that, you you want to burn bridges. Um, and I don't think he will want to go back to the club. I don't think they'll want him back. So it's disappointing. I think it's a it is a player who you know was. I, I still think you know the greatest of all time at his prime in his prime, and I don't think um, anybody changed my mind about that. But I think it's a player who can't accept that he no longer is that that player he once was, and. Um, he he's trying to cling on to that for as long as he possibly can. As dramatic as it time is, Alejandro Garnacho. But like, yeah, whatever. Of course, I for, I forgot about him. My yeah. apologies. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, no, I think just sorry, Phil, just for a second. I think that's okay, actually that's really interesting because it's that's such a long, it's such a high bar to fall off as being the greatest. And like he was, he was. Like he was still an excellent goal scorer last season and things like that. So, like this fall has been in terms of football a relatively quick one. He has gone from, you know, as as Brendan said, arguably at least, well at at very worst one of the two best players to ever play the game, um, to being behind Marcus Rashford in the pecking order. Um, that has to be difficult for anyone to take. But like, look at his age. Like, look, he's achieved so much in his career. I think he expected to come back into United and have this like glorious swan song where he took them to like a European title or something like that. Not a Champions League, but like one of the one of the, the poorer cousins. Um, and it just hasn't happened. It just hasn't happened for him the way he wanted. And I think. So from that kind of personal point of view, I completely, completely get where he's coming from. But the club can't stand over anymore. I actually think, like, I, I think I spoke, I don't know whether it was last week or when, when it was, but I can see from Ten Hag's point of view why he made him captain against Villa. There's probably a cohort within the club who's still up to this week really looked up to Ronaldo and really admired him and wanted to stay on his side. That's all gone now. Like there's there's no coming back from this. This that's this is a sackable offence what he's done. The, the 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 question is will they get anything for him or is it just a matter of cutting ties and hope somebody pays his wages? Because the wages are significant. Um but it it can own to me it feels like it's a move to China or it's a move to, you know, the Middle East or something like that, where they're willing to take that on. But will he move? Because I think he still thinks he is the player from, you know, a decade ago and he's not. And I don't think he has enough people around him telling him that he's not because all his life he's had people telling him he's the best player in the world. Um, It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad because you want, you want, you really want players to kind of bow out at their peak. And like, he's been okay this season, but there's something a little bit sad about Messi in, in PSG as well. Like it feels a little bit like Pele with the New York Cosmos. Like there's just, (laughs) there's, there's no good way to end a career. There's really not like, look at, you know, pick a player. What what player has picked the right time to go out? And maybe this is a, a a mid season podcast or something like that. But like, it just feels like footballers really don't know when to when to kind of say, Do you know what, enough's enough. Like, well, 
I think Jared Piquet did it in a really good way. Um, I think that was a, that's that's a way to bow out like that you kind of can still hold your head a high a little yeah. bit as well. But that's few and far between. Yeah, that's an interesting point too. Like, um, they probably don't know when to let go, and obviously Ronaldo clearly doesn't. But I mean, he's been at the top of football for years and he'll go down as one of the greatest he will go down as one of the greatest ever players and also one of the biggest ever assholes but um that's just like it, it does look to me like um a man that's struggling to realise that his powers are starting to dwindle and he's not the main man. That's what it looks like to me. That that was like a, an attention seeking mission while he was at there going on Pierce Morgan. Um and just laying into United and Ten Hag and different things and <laughs> poor Rooney, poor Wayne Rooney, like uh, just minding his own business. Really did, like. Just mind his own business, eating double cheeseburgers, and next thing, bang! But uh, you're an ex-footballer. You should be allowed to eat double cheeseburgers. Yeah, you know? um, and I wasn't saying anything about like I'm someone's partial to double cheeseburger, and a guy in Avil as well. Like he, he's had a tough enough couple of weeks, and then <laughs> he's, he's like, weeks, yeah. you know, here we go again, like. Um, Strange, but uh, I like it's probably his last game as you know, as you said, and and it there is rumblings that it could be Chelsea, which will be weird. Um, don't know what Graham Potter will make of that, but uh, I think to me personally, I think if the for the Ronaldo story, if he went back to sporting, they're not in the Champions League, so it doesn't help their cause. But if he went back there and finished off there and whatever, um, probably could finish it off well, but yeah, um, I, I just was quite enjoying the United fans, not you Stephen, but um that kept doing the stupid celebration um and were buzzing that he was back and that he was gonna lead United to all sorts of glory and it just wasn't gonna be the case and it's just not gonna be the case. So um yeah, there it is. It's uh Ronaldo making it about himself. And and you know what too, he has it in him uh, in the World Cup. I know things don't look great at Portugal but they have such a good squad. Um that he could do some damage if because it's a World Cup, uh, anything can happen. But we shall see. I think that'll probably do us for this week. It's been a bit of a bumper, and um, we haven't decided just yet what way we're going to cover the World Cup. We are going to talk about it and do certain things on it, um, obviously. But we just haven't decided how many's going. So we'll we're going to chat about that, and we'll we'll, we'll post that out so you'll know what's coming uh, in the next couple of days and weeks. Um, if you're like me and, and Stephen as well, if you're conflicted, feel your pain, don't know what to do, and if you're looking forward to it, then buzzing. Um, and hopefully, uh, football-wise, it's a good World Cup, but more importantly, I think um, that all the issues are continually highlighted. Uh, it goes away. The, the World Cup passes with no incidents, but everything is continually highlighted and push for change uh, continues to grow. Um, get all of our podcasts on any of our, any of our podcast apps just look for the Football Babble Pod get us on Twitter and Instagram especially with Brenton with all the good work and get us on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash the Football Babble um, thanks to everyone that keeps uh, donating to that or whatever I really appreciate it one pound a month uh, is nothing really and it helps us continue to try and grow so um, yes enjoy the next couple of days and the build up to the World Cup I implore you as a listener of it uh, to ca- check out the athletic podcast today if you can um, with Mark Chapman and uh, the Guardian Football Weekly very very good as well at the end of it um, with Jonathan Lewin, Barney Roney and Max Rush and the different things run it and it was very very good um, on what they thought about it so do that read everything about it as well but um, if you are going to try and enjoy the World Cup too and um, we'll speak to you over the week good luck